When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today I have a very special guest and of course very interesting topic. So my guest today is Regan Hiller and Regan will be sharing with us some revolutionary methods on how to change your life. Regan Hiller is a serial entrepreneur, philanthropist, energetic coach and global speaker. She's the founder of Regan Healer International, a company dedicated to helping people have it all on their terms in whatever way that looks like for them. Regan is a creator of the Energetic Architecture Method, a unique manifestation modality that uses the quantum field to allow people to return to their natural state in every area of their life. Regan stepped out of the confines of society's matrix after a defining moment in architecture school where she realized that she was creating a life that was not in alignment with her soul. She went on to become a certified master of NLP, master of hypnosis, time dynamics specialist and success strategist amongst completing many other certifications and training. Regan has invested in excess of half a million of dollars on her own personal, spiritual, and business journey, and takes pride in continuously learning and growing from key industry leaders. Regan's wisdom has gone viral on social media, resulting in her impacting multiple millions of people every week. Through her online platforms, her in-person speaking engagements and retreats, Regan allows people to accelerate the journey of remembering who they truly are so that they're able to create a soul-aligned life that they're madly in love with. So today, Regan and I will be discussing so many different topics. We'll be talking about how does ignoring the abundance in universe keeps us from leveling up in our life? How does a millionaire mindset help us develop a millionaire lifestyle? What are some things to consider when we manifest our first million dollars? How to attract an amazing partner? How can we overcome our toxic relationship with money? and allow money to play a positive role in our lives? Is there a mantra to continue living and building a fairy tale life? 
how much money is enough and how can we quantify money so we can call it in and so it shows up in our lives how can we expand our capacity to receive and so much more but before we dive in don't forget to subscribe rate and review not basic blonde podcast on apple podcasts hi reagan i'm so glad to have you on my podcast how are you today i'm so good thank you i'm excited for this conversation yeah i'm so excited too and thank you so much for joining me today my first question is how does ignoring abundance in the universe keeps us from leveling up in our life and how do we activate it and of course please tell us about yourself and how did you start doing what you're doing now and Absolutely. Yes. Well, um, I was born in New Zealand and very much raised in a family that wasn't having conversations about abundance and universal expansion or living your dreams or anything like that. Like they were a very traditional family, you know. And so I actually went to architecture school at university and I had a moment there where I realized that I was on a path that I wasn't creating a life which I was actually in love with. It was a life that everyone expected me to live. And so I started Googling, like, how do I quit my nine to five job? I wanted to get out of it, even though I wasn't even in that system. And I started asking myself, you know, why am I actually here? And how do I create a life that I love? And so that really opened me to the personal development world. I started reading books and going to seminars and doing courses and investing in myself, even though I didn't even have money to invest in myself. I was maxing out credit cards and personal loans. And I hit a place where I realized that I was trying all these things outside of me, all these different business strategies, and nothing was really working until one of my mentors told me, look, Regan, abundance, success, whatever it is you're looking to create is 80% an internal game. It's 80% your mindset and your energetic and your frequency and then it's only 20% really the action that you take on the outside and so after I started learning that and I went down a different path I started studying hypnosis and NLP and energy work combining that with my strategies I saw my life started to change and then naturally other people would come to me and ask for support and help in their life as well and all of a sudden I was helping people completely change their life and so I really feel like the universal law of abundance is available to everyone right now everyone has the capacity to spend the time every single day to tap into abundance and to visualize the abundance that they desire in their life no matter what that looks like for you you could be in a job you could have your own company you could be wanting to start a family it doesn't matter where you're at abundance on your terms is available to absolutely everybody right now i love that and for some reason, when I started my road to abundance a long time ago, I ran into issue that I knew that it's inside of me, but I didn't know what I was doing wrong to actually make it work. And I ran into conflict because I knew it's inside of me, but how do you make it work? And I tried to, I tried to make it work, but it didn't. And then I was like, but it's inside of me. And I kept going in circles and circles. And for someone, I mean, finally took me some time to figure it out. I I did later, but it took some inner work as well. But how for someone who doesn't know where to start, how do you start? 
Yeah, well, I think the first thing, step number one is really defining what it is that you want. You know, so many people don't get what they want in life because they don't actually declare what they want really specifically. So if someone's saying, you know, I want more abundance, well, what does that look like? Or if someone's saying, I want more money, what does that look like? like if I give you an extra dollar, have you fulfilled your dreams with money? Probably not, but that is more money technically, right? And so people need to get really clear and specific around what it is they actually want to call into their life. And then the second piece on this is to look at, okay, well, if that's not there right now, then what's blocking that or stopping that that's within you? Because one of my earliest mentors said to me, look, Regan, abundance is infinite and it's available to all of us in all ways at all times. And so if it's not here right now manifested in your life, then there's things in you that are blocking you, stopping you and slowing you down from that abundance. And so this is where you get to look at, okay, well, what are my fears? Uh, what are my self-sabotage patterns? What are my limiting beliefs? What are the stories in my own head that I've been telling myself? And from this place, you get to bring this to the surface and then this is where you choose, okay, I'm going to let go of that. Okay, I'm not going to tell myself that story every day that I'm not enough to do this or I don't know how or I'm not good enough, right? This is where I get to release this and let it go. And then the third piece around this is to take aligned action from that place of it already having been done. Really remembering that you get to be the version of you that's already manifested the result. You get to tap into that vibe. You get to walk like that person, talk like that person, dress like that person and embody that frequency and then act from that frequency in your life, making decisions and actions from that place. Sometimes it's the hardest part is to envision it and actually act as is because in our mind, we know it's not there yet. And to trick our mind into it, sometimes it takes time. <laughs> you have to first act as is and then it becomes naturally as it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, I like to call this energetic conditioning. It's kind of like working out at a gym. You know, if someone just goes to the gym once for the first time and tries to lift really heavy weights and run on the treadmill for ages, like you're either not going to do it or you're going to be so exhausted the next day that you won't go back basically. And so it's the same with energetics. It's the same with abundance. We want to practice this in really small little pieces, just like hit training, right? Little concentrated pieces every single day. So something that someone can be doing if they're listening to this is you can set an alarm and this alarm could go off like even every hour throughout your day if possible and make it like a really nice alarm a song that you love or a nice ringtone and when it stops just turn the alarm off close your eyes just for 30 seconds to two minutes and allow yourself to feel what it feels like if your manifestation was here feel what it feels like to have manifested that dream that money that relationship that body whatever it is that you're looking to call in and even if you do this the first few times and you can't feel it just keep going you will start feeling a feeling you will start maybe seeing the vision you may start hearing something like don't be attached to how it comes through but just know that if you keep doing this over time you'll build that energetic muscle of manifestation and then you will hit a point where the alarm will go off and you'll be like oh i'm already in that feeling oh i'm kind of in that state already and then the alarm will go off again in the future and you'll be like oh i've already manifested the thing <laughs> right and so it happens over time but it does take work it takes commitment and it takes practice to this yeah I love that advice totally makes sense yeah because I mean sometimes it's hard for us to just do it the first time but then when you actually keep doing it it's it becomes natural for you yes my next question is 
how does a millionaire mindset help us develop a millionaire lifestyle? Yeah, a millionaire mindset is critical if you want to develop a millionaire lifestyle. And I think most people think that they can generate a million dollars and then they'll be a millionaire, but actually it's completely the other way around. You know, you become the millionaire first within you and then you get to start living that millionaire life. And what's also interesting about living a millionaire lifestyle, I have this with a lot of my clients because, you know, they want to have a beautiful lifestyle. They want to be impacting the world. They want to go and travel in beautiful ways. They want to create the life of their dreams. And there's some money required to do that usually, right? But in order to live a millionaire lifestyle, you often don't need a million dollars also. So it's really important to sit down and be like, okay, my ultimate lifestyle what does that look like and if that's living in a multi-million dollar mansion well do you have to buy the mansion or could you just go on airbnb and rent the mansion for 12 months you know there's ways around this where you can access in this day and age so many amazing pieces with your lifestyle but before you even get to that place it's really important to start conditioning yourself again from the inside out to be that and so you can journal on this you can meditate on this you can spend time with your friends chatting about this and and really get into inquiry like okay this million dollar version of me how do they walk how do they talk how do they dress what do they say yes to what do they say no to what do they think about what do they what do they no longer tolerate what kind of people are they around what do they wear where do they eat how do they travel like really getting into this vibe of this and then piece by piece choosing to live from that place and you just cannot generate a millionaire lifestyle unless you activate that within yourself personally yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And sometimes the key word you said is the people who you're around with, like our surroundings, makes a huge difference in our lives because that's the people we are around and that's the people we are tend to kind of copy their behavior and their lifestyle and their habits. So it's like, be careful <laughs> to ch yeah. choose your surrounding wisely. Super wisely. I mean, we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with, you know, and this is true financially. You know, if you generally add up the the like income of the five people you spend the most time with and take an average, it's going to be roughly yours. But it's in all senses of the world, like you're the sum of the people you spend the most time with when it comes to your health, when it comes to your mindset, when it comes to your intimate relationships, comes to your lifestyle, like all of it. Right. And so it's really critical to be really, really, really aware of this. You know, when I started out on my journey and I started realizing how important environment was, I took a look at my environment and I was like, wow, okay, I'm around people that are not successful. I'm around people that don't believe in my dream. I'm around people where if I tell them I want to do this, so I want to create this, they'll probably laugh at me and say like, okay, who are you to think that you're ever going to do that? You know? And I realized that my lifestyle wasn't supportive of who I was choosing to become and where I was going. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start cleaning up my lifestyle. And I started going, okay, well, I'm not going to go to that event and I'm not going to spend time with this person and I'm going to remove myself from the circle. And I did that. And then I was in this really weird place where there was just me left. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like, hang on. Now I like, I feel like I don't have any friends. I don't have any people around me. And it felt really lonely and it felt weird and hard and uncomfortable. But then I realized, okay, it doesn't have to stay like this forever. I had to go through this natural clean out process of friends and even family members, right? That just didn't get it and weren't supporting me. And then I realized that something special had happened. I'd created space to actually bring new people into 
my environment. So I started to go into new events and I started to network with amazing people and I started to connect with people online and in physical and, and have these connections with amazing people that were living their dream and they were vibrant and they were healthy and they were abundant and they were excited about my dreams and I was excited about theirs and it was like, wow, okay, like, yeah, this is my soul family. This is my tribe. These are the people that I want to be around and I did whatever it took to be around them and in the beginning it was hard sometimes that meant investing a lot of money to sit at a dinner table with really amazing successful people sometimes it was flying to another country to put myself in a room with the right people these people weren't always just sitting on my doorstep but I did whatever it took in order to cultivate my environment that way because I knew how important it really was and is I had a point in my life when I felt the same and it was so hard for me to find like-minded people and my tribe, like you said as well. And yeah, it took some time and I still sometimes even have moments where I only have a few close people that I share the most important things with. Not, I have many, many friends, but only very few close friends. Yes. I'm exactly the same. And, you know, I think it's more powerful to have a couple of people that really get it, that you can really trust rather than hundreds or thousands of people <laughs> that don't get it. And, you know, one of my mentors said to me as well, like, Regan, if you're always the most successful person in the room, you have a problem. It might feel good for your ego. It might feel really amazing when you walk into that room and everyone's like, wow, I want to talk to you. I want to meet you. I want to ask you questions. But you're not growing, you're not moving to this next level. So I think it's really important to have this, this precision and this refinement and this clarity when it really comes to who you're spending your time with. And for anyone listening, you know, this can be spending time in person, but also spending time even on the internet. Like who are you connected with on social media? Who are you following? Who's on your newsfeed? When you pick up Instagram and you're scrolling, like you're absorbing all of those environments energetically. And if you've got people that are whining and complaining and they're not up to much in their life, like all of that's going into your life. <laughs> so again, like this is an invitation to clean it up and really create a powerful environment. This is so easy online. Like go and look at the people you wanna follow and the people that are living the life you wanna live, people you wanna be connected to, maybe meet one day maybe hang out with maybe just learn from because you're inspired by them follow those people get in their inbox have conversations with them like there's no excuse these days because with the internet we're so connected to so many environments but you've got to be really intentional around it and some people probably make mistake online as far as following people and um, learning from people because instead of being jealous about someone you can admire them and learn from them because they're already showing you the steps you can take to get to their level so yeah exactly and i think a lot of people have that you know they see someone and they feel jealous and it's almost like this deep scarcity mindset of well if that person has that then that means i can't because the underlying belief is that there's not enough for all of us you know when that's just not true i mean abundance is infinite and there's enough for everybody, <laughs> right? But it comes down to that person really choosing it. And I know for a lot of people out there, sometimes they don't wanna share their achievements online and, and they don't, they feel almost like they're showing off or they're embarrassed or they feel shy about them or they don't wanna celebrate, you know, the money they made or the amazing new relationship they're in or the magazine cover they're featured on because they feel like, oh, you know, I, I'm, it's, it's too much almost, right? But if anyone's listening and they're holding themselves back in that way, you've got to remember that 
if someone else is triggered by you in some way, then you're just shining a light on them into a part of themselves that they haven't yet embodied, which is actually waking up in them. They're, they're only triggered or jealous about you because there's a part of them they haven't accepted that's actually like that, that wants to be the star, that wants to generate the money, that wants to be on the magazine cover, that wants to do whatever they're doing, right? And so you've got to remember, like if someone doesn't like your light, they just have to put on some shades and deal with it, <laughs> right? Because what what matters at the end of the day is that you are sharing in this place so you can actually inspire others to stand in their greatness as well i love how you said it the quality they haven't accepted in themselves yes in this i've i've had to take online classes for um so psychological class it just was about psychology and money and abundance and it was saying there that Actually, sometimes we judge people for the qualities we don't accept in ourselves. We don't let ourselves to act that way. That's why we're judging people for it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is literally. It's like we we only judge people when there's something within ourselves that we haven't accepted. It's that simple, you know? And so I'm still a human. I still catch myself falling into judgment. And sometimes I might see someone and be like, oh, why is she like that? Or how could he say that? And, and then I see it and I stop and I have my own awareness and I'm like, wow, okay, what part of me is not accepting that part of me from now or from the past or from the future? And, and I get curious about it and I shift my energy from judgment to curiosity. And I think this is one of the biggest things. If someone finds themselves in judgment, just get curious about why you're in that judgment rather than getting stuck in the judgment. But I also think it's not about having no judgment, right? Because we're human and things happen. And I, like, I don't think there's anyone out there who's like, I never judge anybody. Like maybe someone like meditating in a cave that never sees any other human. Okay. But if you're like living your life and you're like, you have a social life and you're connected to the internet and there's people around you like there's probably going to be some judgment at one point in time and that's okay the big thing is do you get stuck in it do you stay in that vibe do you think that's the ultimate truth of your reality or do you get curious about it and actually move yourself out of that energy because that judgment energy is a dense energy that is only not serving you most of the time the person you're judging won't even know that you're judging them it's you that's carrying that like super dense heavy energy you know yeah i absolutely agree with you how can you attract an amazing partner? Because there are theories that we attract whatever we are and to attract a better person, you have to be a better person and you have to do some work on yourself before you attract the perfect partner you want to attract. But what do you think? Yeah, so I think it's possible for anyone to attract an amazing partner at any moment in time. I also think in some ways you do attract who you are as well so if someone's like never doing any personal work on themselves then they'll probably attract someone who's also not really doing any personal work on themselves right and they'll be in a relationship that vibrates at that level and at that frequency right and so of course when you upgrade yourself more and you work more on your inner wounds and all the stuff that's maybe holding you back in your life and you clear that and you're a more empowered more abundant more shiny more beautiful person then yeah you're probably going to attract that reflection in your life right and so in terms of how to actually manifest a beautiful partner well i think the first thing again is just really choosing that and grounding into the vision of what does that relationship actually look like and my big advice on this would be to not get caught up on what is the person like, right? Because some people are like, 
if it's a girl and they want to manifest a guy, they're like, well, he's got to be this tall. He's got to have this job. I want his hair to be like this. And his eyes have got to be this color and da, da, da. And they have like this big list, right? And meanwhile, the universe might put someone in front of them that maybe isn't like perfectly on that list, but is like the best person ever who's like, amazing and at a soul level incredible and actually ticks more boxes but they're like in this tiny box being like they've got to be like this right so instead of getting fixated on the person and all these like selection criteria lists i would recommend getting really clear on the relationship the container of the relationship you know energetically with relationships it's like you've got person one you've got the second person and then you've got the third pillar of your relationship which could be you know a dating relationship of exploring it could be a deep divide union it could be a marriage whatever label you want to put on it but you get to get clear on okay what is that container like what is that relationship like how does that relationship make me feel how do i contribute to that relationship what gifts do i unlock from this relationship um how does this relationship contribute to purpose and play and fun and intimacy and love in my life notice how does the relationship con contribute not does how does that person contribute right because then when you focus on the container of the relationship and you meet the person it's like blindingly obvious if that person is going to fit into that relationship or not, right? Or maybe they're fitting, but they're going to develop into it. But it becomes very clear because, yeah, I see so many people get stuck on these like selection criteria lists and they like miss like the most amazing opportunity that's just right in front of them. Yeah, it happens a lot, especially, oh, this guy is not tall enough, but he doesn't have eye color or hair color. You put in your list, but like you said you're missing out on other qualities that someone might have in order I mean also I think there is no perfect partner there is like no perfect person because someone has I mean everyone has their own flaws and it's just matter of if we accept those flaws or not if we can deal with them or not and it's just up yeah. to us to choose a partner, I guess, based on that criteria, because I mean, anyone, I mean, no one is perfect. <laughs> no one's perfect. Exactly. And, you know, I think one of the big roles of relationship is to have this person be a really beautiful mirror to reflect back these parts of ourselves that we don't get the opportunity to see in our day-to-day -day life like i know with my husband for example like he'll see parts of me because he's with me like 24 7 you know all the time basically and he'll be like hey like do you know this part of you like you get kind of irritated if this happens or this happens or have you noticed that you often say this all the time which isn't really true like he'll reflect back these parts which other people just don't see you know because it's not in that like deep intimacy and so much time together as well so i really think intimate relationships are one of the fastest ways to evolve you know one of the fastest ways to really become a better human and see your stuff and humbly like bring it to the surface and that's why a lot of relationships don't last that long because that stuff starts coming up and this person's like oh you know you're this and you're that and then we get into this place of like wounds and triggers and like um be defending things instead of actually allowing them in right so uh, one of the things we've learned in relationship is like if we want to share something about the other person we share what it's bringing up for us not what's wrong with them so if i wanted to tell my husband something i wouldn't be like you suck and here's 10 reasons why i'd be like hey babe like when you say that it brings this in me and i don't like feeling like that when you're like this 
I feel sad and not seen. Can we talk about it? And so all of a sudden he's like, oh, I don't want you to feel sad and not seen. Like, okay, I want to change that. Instead of me just telling him like, this is bad and wrong. I want you to stop doing this, right? And so we have a commitment within our own relationship to always like share what's coming up for us, not like put the things on the other person. And I think that's really helpful. <laughs> I like that because it kind of makes someone feel that it highlights the issue but it doesn't point out on some person and kind of saying that oh that's your fault it's just kind of saying well this is what it is we need to fix it exactly yeah how can we overcome our toxic relationship with money and help money to play the positive role in our lives yeah i think it's really important if you're looking to overcome your toxic relationship with money is to firstly get clear on like what parts of it are toxic you know because i'm sure not all of it is toxic if someone's like i have a toxic relationship with money you probably also have some good parts of your relationship with money so firstly get clear on like what is it that you want to change and remember like it's never money money is an expression of universal abundance that's an infinite energy that just wants to really show up for you and support you as a resource so it's always us <laughs> it's not money right in that relationship and so I would be looking at, okay, cool. Well, what are my toxic patterns around money? You know, maybe these are certain thoughts that you have about money. Maybe these are certain fears that you have come up around money. Um, maybe these are certain patterns, like maybe ignoring money, for example, like not being present with your finances, not being aware of money flowing in and out of your life. Maybe it's overspending money, or maybe it's like oversaving, like hoarding money and not allowing a good flow to take place. It can show up in many different ways. But the first piece, again, is to get really clear on like, okay, what is currently toxic and not helpful and not healthy and not actually serving my relationship, then I would get super clear on what do you want your intimate relationship with money to look like? And most people don't realize that they are in an intimate relationship with money. And if it helps you, you know, I often think about it like you're dating money, right? So if money was a human and you were in an intimate relationship with money, how would money be feeling right now? And I know for some people listening, if they were like, well, if money was a human, they'd probably be like, yo, what's up? Like, you haven't talked to me in weeks. <laughs> you, you don't even know where I am right now, you know? For, for some people, it's going to be like, wow, if money was a human, um, I'm treating money, treating this person like um, putting all these unrealistic demands on them. Like, I want you to show up then, now in this way and this much, right? And so if you were to date money, if you were to spend time every single morning, just for 10 or 15 minutes, dating money and getting into a ritual of energetically connecting with money, what would that look like? And how do you get to make it fun and playful and intimate? And maybe you sit down and you're like, hey, money, like, I want to apologize for all these toxic things that I've done and all these things that I've said about you and all the ways that I haven't showed up and all the demands I've put on you. And you know what, money, like, I'm ready to play in a different way. I'm ready to make this fun money i have this dream and i would love your support and funding it and having enough money to flow in in order to help me with this like what do you say to that right and and you can create this beautiful dialogue and this connection because you're in the relationship whether you like it or not again unless you're like living in a cave and you don't have a cent to your name and people are just donating you food every day you're in relationship with money and so if you're not taking conscious control over that and intentionality around that then it's going to default to basically basically your worst <laughs> scenario with money. So yeah, that's where I would start with, with toxic pieces around money. Very interesting how you said 
imagine how you date money well actually yes I've done it myself too as far as having an image of money what I think in my head and what it looks like to me and I had to change the image to benefit me in the most ways so when you change it in your head that actually starts becoming different for you it really does yeah is there a mantra to continue living and building the fairy tale life yeah i think if you're gonna build your fairy tale life you can create your own mantra around this you know i i feel like people's fairy tale life is is gonna look so different you know for some people their fairy tale right now might be manifesting the relationship of their dreams and having like five children right for some people it might be starting this new company and scaling it to this really abundant place for some people it might be having some time freedom and traveling the world like it's going to look different for everyone so i think firstly after you define your fairy tale then you get to create your own mantra around this right and I feel like with my version of my fairy tale life, I'm constantly changing my mantras. Like what I want like six months from now is probably gonna be really different. And so I'm always reassessing this and looking at it and grounding into it and defining it and playing with it. And I think the big thing is to remember to have fun with it. You know, we can take this like life creation so seriously as an adult, but it's really about fun and it's about play and it's about dreaming. and. As kids, you know, often we're, we're kind of limited in how we dream. Like we have often teachers or, or family members tell us like, oh, you know, stop daydreaming. I was told that all the time at school. I was always in some sort of dream. And my teachers were like, stop daydreaming. You need to focus. Like, look at this maths equation. Stop staring out the window. But when I was staring out the window, I was like in this most amazing fantasy life, right? And so I stopped doing that. And then as an adult, I had to remind myself how to dream again. People would be like, what's your vision? What's your fairy tale? And I'd be like, I don't know. I had a blank. Like I, I used to think I could not visualize because it had been stopped, you know, in so many ways as a child. So for many of us, it's undoing that. It's giving ourselves permission to dream a game really unapologetically and then defining this fairy tale reality and then creating that mantra that we center back to every single day or multiple times per day after that. I can totally relate to this because I was like this in school and after even when I became an adult and everything I did have big dreams and some family members used to tell me stop dreaming remove your pink glasses and like dive in real life but then I had a point of my life where I had no dreams like you said and I didn't even know what I really wanted I knew I wanted it but I was afraid to dream it that's how bad it came to me so so be careful who you listen to because sometimes they might influence you in the wrong way yeah which comes back to environment right like we were talking about it's it's really hard to cultivate these dreams if you're surrounded by all these people who are like laughing at those dreams or not believing those dreams or just really even worried about you because you have dreams that big they're like yeah you are you crazy you're losing it you know it's so important so true and like I have learned that never let anyone to tell you that your dream is too big because if you could dream it you can do it and that's kind of like been my mantra for a long time absolutely and also you have a publishing company so how is all publishing can you tell us more about it yeah absolutely so I basically created Habitable Publishing 
when I turned away two different book details, uh, book deal, book deals rather from really big publishing companies, um, because they weren't contracts that I wanted to sign. They weren't looking after me as the author and the talent, and they were very much focused on the publishing house and everything that they could get and own and control from IP to revenue to a lot of things. And I remember reading the fine print going like, this can't be right, this is crazy. And so that's when I decided to start my own publishing house to support people that wanna get their book out there, that are visionaries, that are wanting to change the world, that have a powerful message, that they know they're born to share with the world, who wanna share their gifts and their medicine. And I wanted to create a pathway to support those people in a way where the publishing house doesn't own that, that you own your own content, right? We support you in that and we don't take percentages of book sales and revenues and all of this. So I created this new system forward, which worked really well for my books as a test out. And then now we've published, you know, multiple different authors through that. So yeah, it's been a really beautiful evolution of the dream. And I think it's really supporting, supporting people that are writing their books. Yeah. I really love that. And it's so true that publishing companies can be so strict at all about business sometimes and not looking at people and story and the actual uniqueness that they can share with the world. And as far as your publishing company, does it publish in all the major publications like Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, all over, or it's kind of more like independent publisher? Yeah, we work with people case by case, depending on the client and what their goals are. But the world is the oyster, really. And there's lots of different possibilities. And some people might want to do a huge book launch like that through lots of different larger publications, or they might want to do just something small just to get their their material out there and maybe just be on Amazon. So there's lots of different options. And again, we just work really closely and uniquely with the client to make sure that they're supported and what they want in their dreams. Yeah, this is lovely. Nice. Thank you. How can we expand our capacity to receive? Sometimes we, I mean, I've been at the point in my life sometimes that I was even afraid to receive because I had feelings that I wasn't worthy. Like, oh, it was not, you know, I felt like I didn't deserve it. But of course, I mean, of course I did, but it just was a feeling because when you go through different emotional roller coasters in your life, you lose yourself kind of confidence and that might affect other areas of your life and then even receiving something even small you might feel obligated or you might feel like you don't deserve it yeah and i think it's such a human thing i think every person has felt not enough at some point and especially when we transition through these different layers of receiving you know you know, what happens if we're looking to expand our capacity to receive, we can only receive what we have the capacity to energetically hold, right, within our own system, within our field, within our emotions, our visions, our containers, all of it. And something really interesting happens, like if we have a dream, a vision, a goal, and we start getting really close to that, really, really close to that, like nearly, nearly accomplishing it, often our whole system kicks in and it brings up all the unconscious material saying, oh, no, you're not enough. Maybe I don't want this anyway. I, I think I'm going to sabotage this. Um, I don't, I'm going to change my mind and do something else. And generally when all of that's happening, it's because you're really, really, really close to this breakthrough. And 
what is happening when that's going on is that your system unconsciously can't see what is on the other side of that manifestation. So for example, if you're looking to manifest, say a hundred thousand dollars and you're getting really close to it, and then all this stuff comes up, all this fear, all the self doubt, everything's coming to the surface, then that's generally because your system doesn't know what's on the other side of that. And if it doesn't know, our unconscious system is wired to keep us safe, alive, surviving and breathing. And so it goes, well, I don't know what's coming after that. You might die. <laughs> it, it sees it as this like big dark hole of death basically. And so it says, I'm going to throw whatever I can at the table in order to keep you in the known, in your comfort zone, in this place with money for this example, that's familiar. So you don't go past this hundred K amount because I don't know what's on the other side. So what we can do to combat this is to be one step ahead of our unconscious and go, okay, well, actually, let me spend some time showing my system that on the other side of this 100K goal, it's really good. <laughs> and I get to do this with my life and I get to allocate the money in this way. And this gets to happen and this opportunity could expand and I would feel like this and I'd be more vibrant in this way. And guess what? Then I'd be moving towards 120 and then 150 and everything would continue on. And not only would it be safe, it'd be really, really, really good. Right. And so this is when we start hitting these like upper, upper limits, you know, this is where you can condition yourself to see what's on the other side of these limits. And you find that naturally when you do this, a lot of these unconscious pieces, these doubts, these self-sabotage patterns, these feeling not enoughs, naturally they drop away because your system's like, oh, I don't need that as a self-defense pattern. Instead, I can actually just go into the next layer of my reality because I know it's safe and I'm going to be alive and I'm going to keep breathing. I'm not going to die. And in fact, everything's going to be really good. <laughs> so this is why it's so important to spend time with your unconscious reality, bringing it into cohesion and into alignment instead of just reacting and then trying to fix it. I've had so many moments in my life that when I was really, really close to the goal, I had some obstacles thrown at me that would knock me on my feet and I would be just shocked and I would not reach that goal. And I had to get back up and kind of start over, I guess, because I was afraid to receive it, afraid to kind of accept it. That's why. And I know that's on our subconscious level that we kind of get in the way of ourselves because we get afraid and our subconscious is trying to keep us safe so then it just throws you off completely I guess exactly yeah and it's like if there's these pieces in our unconscious that are vibrating there then we do create these external reflections that literally can like knock us to the ground you know and um i love that you're aware enough to be like oh yeah like there was something in me basically that manifested those scenarios even though they weren't pretty they were definitely not comfortable and it wiped everything out and i learned to get back up and so yeah it's it's really good like especially when we're getting really close to achieving these manifestations you can spend time also clearing your unconscious and just get real with it like okay I have this fear coming up all right I have this worry I wake up with this doubt in the middle of the night or the first thought in the morning is this like anxious thing and and you can like journal on it and clear it out and purge it out 
and release the unconscious mind and and bring it from the unconscious into the conscious where you're aware of it and then from that place choose to release it and clear it and you can release it through journaling you can release it through direct commands you can release it through body work yoga shaking it out of your body you can release it by putting music on and dancing around your room and being like enough like i'm getting rid of these fears right so do whatever works for you whatever tools feel really good but it is important that you're clearing your unconscious so that you don't yeah create these like manifestations in your life where it's like whack (laughs) and you get knocked to the ground to to see them basically yeah absolutely and sometimes when i release things like once a month on full moon i write down everything that doesn't serve me anymore and i burn it kind of i kind of release it like that or sometimes you get head on on things that it's so hard to release and what do you do in that case that when you tried all the possible ways you kind of journal you, you burn it you shake it off but it's still there how do you overcome this yeah so what you could do is literally if, if that was me i would ask my soul or my guides for guidance because it's really interesting you know we have so many guides available to us at all times whether we're consciously aware of them or not they're always there but from what i've learned they can't really interfere or help us unless we ask and so if i'm struggling with something or if i have this stuff going on or i feel like i'm trying to clear it and it's not clearing simply before i go to sleep at night i hand that over to my guides and you can hand it over to god or the universe or whatever greater higher power you believe in right and you can hand that over and be like can you deal with this for me please (laughs) right can i please request help and support guidance with this okay i'm doing my best to clear this fear and these things that are coming up i'm struggling can i please have help and support And also in the morning, the first thing I do when I wake up, hello, please support me, guide me in this day, support me in this specific thing. Okay, support me, I'm feeling this like anxiety right now, support me in clearing this place, right? My whole life changed when I started asking for support at night and in the morning. And it's like, it takes 10 seconds, it's such a simple thing. But all of a sudden, all the support started showing up energetically. Things got easier. There were divine synchronicities. I'd meet the person I need to meet who would tell me a story. And I'd be like, oh, that's how I get rid of this. Oh, that's what I do here. And and all these like beautiful unfoldings started happening. But then I realized, well, you know, I started asking for that. So I think anyone can be doing that. And I think everyone should be doing that. Like minimum morning and night, just before you go to sleep, when you wake up, can I have some help, please? <laughs> I do ask for help and guidance too. And sometimes I ask for science. And it was so crazy that one time I asked, I asked for guidance and I asked the question if I should do it or not. And I asked to see the butterfly. So crazy. I go on Instagram, I watch my friend's stories and she's showing the butterflies because she was growing them from, you know, the little and I was like wow that's the answer to my question and I was like I didn't know and I started well I started doing it after I read the book of Gabby Bernstein about universe has your back and she was saying that too like ask if you have a tough question that you don't know the answer just ask for sign or guidance and it will show up in people that you will meet. They will tell you something that it will be answered to your question or you will see something on TV or social media or just anywhere where you will find the answer to your question. So I kind of started doing it and it did help me. 
Yeah, that's so amazing. And I think if people are asking for signs or guidance, then stay open to noticing the signs and the guidance. You know, if if you're like, okay, I want to see a butterfly, and then you're like looking for a physical butterfly in your bedroom, like maybe it's not going to show up. I mean, maybe, but maybe not, you know. <laughs> but I love that you were open. You're like, okay, you almost let it go. You know, it's like, okay, I want the butterfly. Okay, whatever. And then you open Instagram, they, oh my God, it's the butterfly, right? And it happens in these magical ways. It's like, okay, you know, I want a feather. And you're like looking on the ground for a feather, then you let it go. And then later in your day, someone walks up to you and says something to you, and they have this huge feather in their hat. And you're like, that's the guidance with the feather, right? And so, yeah, I think it's just so important to ask and then to remain open to the magic because it definitely shows up in mysterious ways sometimes. Yeah, remain open to the magic is the key because sometimes we don't accept it even when we see it, we don't see it in front of us. And sometimes, most of the time, it's right in front of us and we just don't see because they're not open to it. And where can our listeners find you, your social handles, all your information? Absolutely. Yeah. You can find me on reganhillier.com or I'm on Regan Hillier on Instagram, Facebook, all the different um, social platforms and just, yeah, send me a DM. I'm always in my DMs and I check them and look at them and let me know that you came from the show. That would be awesome. Thank you so much, Regan. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.